time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Here we go. Second show of the week. First one today. It is a Tuesday. Welcome into the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Hometown heroes at your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Howdy to y'all. Get on in here today. Anything goes. Whatever you want to get into is cool with me. We are going to get to listen in. Lend an ear to what some of the coaches around the SEC are saying in their press conferences after the weekend's games. And some, yeah, going ahead and you know, looking ahead of next week, previewing what's coming up this coming weekend. Uh, listen into that, and then you and I can kind of react uh, accordingly. That's coming up. Of course, we've got a little controversy going on with Jim Harbaugh. Are you all surprised? No? No? Crickets? Anyone? Uh, speak up if you're surprised. There's a little controversy surrounding Jim Harbaugh. Right. That's exactly what I thought. Nobody's surprised. But, you know, that's the echo chamber nationally. We just hadn't touched on it here. But we'll touch on it. Signs, the overall idea of stealing signs in sports. What is and isn't kosher. All right. All that coming up. I'm sure that'll be interesting. One of your favorite all-time Sandwich Meats, Sandwich Deli Meats, has a special day today. I'll tell you what, when, why, and who, and how, and all that good stuff coming up also. But first, let me say, get it in here however you can, wherever you can. You Feel free to comment if you're tuning in on the live stream. Hate to you. If you're on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, however you're watching there online, if you're looking at the live stream live show today. So type up your comment, hit submit. It pops up right here on the live thread the Murray West live thread, and we can get it on in here and be a part of the show uh, that way. Also, text me on the Country Pleasing text line. The number to text, 885-3776-601, number 885-3776. Or call me on the Divini phone. That number is 995-1059. So, yeah, give me a shout. I get to hear your voice. I like talking to you on the phone. I don't talk on the phone a whole lot. <laughs> in real life. So I like it when you call and we talk on the phone here. So give me a call. 995-1059. Speaking of the live stream, like Sven is the first to comment. He's watching the show on YouTube. He said, Hail State, everybody, can or should we beat Auburn this weekend? He said, I hope so because Auburn has not shown a passing game at all. Early prediction. <laughs> 7-3, Mississippi State. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> now you're confident in those low-scoring uh, defensive struggles, aren't you? I was talking to my dad this morning on the phone, and, and one of the things that he – after I got through saying I don't talk on the phone much, I was talking to my dad. Uh, and he said, you know, people just don't appreciate a good low-scoring defensive struggle like they used to. <laughs> and he's right. We want offense. That came up on the show yesterday. You know, there were a lot of people that, uh, towards, as the show went on yesterday, there were a lot of people that began to comment, like, what are these state one? Why are the state fans kind of upset about it? You know, and then somebody even asked the question, were state fans less upset with the loss to South Carolina 
than they are with the win over Arkansas. And that's a that's an excellent point, by the way. Chuck on the Murray West live thread says, Hail State from Prattville, Alabama. Yes, sir. That's the old stomping grounds right there. Right there in the heart of Autauga County. Autauga. We say Autauga. It's Autauga. Autauga County. Yeah, and I'll go through there uh, this weekend, headed to Auburn, and get to go see some family along the way, too. So looking forward to venturing back through there, back through home uh, this weekend. Chuck, appreciate you tuning in. First, without further ado, the man whom you heard nothing from yesterday is back today for another show. He is Beaver, who's driving this bus. Hey, Beaver, how you doing? I'm good, Matt Wyatt. How are you? Peachy, lovely, wonderful, and all that jazz. What, um... What game were you tuned into, locked into this past weekend? Well, Saturday, I didn't. You didn't watch any? I'm sorry, I was confused. Okay, you know how I always say, people love to just stop and stare in this mm-hmm. window. Yeah, who's that? I'm this not thing? an animal. <laughs> and it's usually Bill. <laughs> Yo, Uncle Bill will just walk up to the window and he'll just stare in. Or right. He's usually the weirdo doing it nine <laughs> times out of ten. I'm sitting here. I hear a banging. Oh, a no. Da- a, a downright banging, not just someone standing there. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm assuming, oh, okay, there's Uncle Bill. Look up. Nope. There's Jake. <laughs> Jake. Ties in. Ties in last week. Remember, he, he tried to interrupt your show another yeah. time. Right. I don't understand what's going on here. You got Jake over here banging on the window. You got a a, a douchebag over here who thinks he's the best and no no one else that has a show currently going on <laughs> needs the text line, so he's responding to people who texted four hours ago. <laughs> like, people, what's going on with these people? What's the deal with these people? Yeah. How's that? That's my Seinfeld impression. Is it halfway decent? It's acceptable. (laughs) Acceptable. I'll take it. I'll take that. An acceptable Seinfeld uh, impression. Who was it that asked for this? Okay. Okay. All right. Here you go. It's on the Murray West live thread. Sven says, we're two days in this week, and I hadn't heard any sonic boom. Well, let's just solve that right now. Here you go. All right, get the mood going. The sonic boom has a way of setting the mood. Agree? Everybody agree. Yeah. (laughs) It is a little bit annoying when other people use the country-pleasing text line (laughs) while we're trying to do radio show. But it's okay. I digress. I digress. Uh, We'll make it happen, Captain. Nick, Texas Show, country-pleasing text says, Speaking of cheating... Y'all know where he's going with this. He says, uh, speaking of cheating, let's all rejoice in the Houston Astros getting sent packing last night. Happy trails to you. See ya. See ya. He go. And your Texas Rangers have advanced. We got some local flavor. Chris Stratton from Tupelo, Mississippi. 
on the roster, former Diamond Dog, as well as Nathaniel Lowe, former Diamond Dog as well. Get to play in the World Series. Really cool for those two guys. And for us, we got somebody to follow, right? Turn it up! Who's next? If that won't light your fire, your wood's wet. Denzel, White Denzel on the Country Pleasing text line says, Matt, very glad that you got introduced to the song Mississippi or Me by Riley Green. Very underrated song from a very underrated artist. Well, i got to be honest with you, Denzel, I hadn't a clue about either him or the song. Uh, prior to today, what Sven is, I'm sorry, what Denzel is talking about is earlier today on Twitter, uh, I put it out there because I was on this radio show in Alabama. They were previewing the Auburn Mississippi State game, so they did a phone interview. And as I was coming onto their show, I'm on the phone, but they introed it by playing a little short snippet of this song. I had no idea. I just heard the lyric, something about on a names on a water tower on a water tower in Tupelo, Mississippi. I hear that. So when the I, it just stuck with me. I'm like, I gotta know what that is. I didn't have time to ask their producer over the phone, so I waited until it was over, and I just Googled those lyrics. You know, something about like water tower in Tupelo, and it pops up. Here's what it is. It's this guy named Riley Green, who's a what do they call it now? Bro country. <laughs> but he's a former quarterback at Jacksonville State University in Alabama, east of Birmingham over there in the in the Oxford, Alabama area. Aniston, and not Aniston, Oxford, right? Isn't that where Jacksonville State is? And then in the Oxford area. Well, anyway, Jacksonville, Alabama. I'm going to look it up and make sure. But regardless, he was a quarterback there when he goes into country music. And kind of like the kid from UAB did, right? Sam Hunt. He went on to, to big things. Well, he's got this song yeah, east of Birmingham is kind of in the Aniston area. He's got this song called Mississippi or Me, and that's where the lyric... And in that song, there's a lyric in there about Jackson, and there's a lyric about Tupelo, and it's a really good song. I enjoyed it. And and so I tweeted it out, hey, thanks for having me and introducing me to this song here, and I sent the link out there. I, I And Denzel, so as you know, I've said before, I, I'm not just making it up to sound you know one way or the other. It's just that I don't plug into a lot of modern new music and i haven't for a long time so something could have come out 10 years ago there's a chance i hadn't heard it and maybe that's the way this is i don't know when how recent it is just the first time i heard it really and i like it so now i kind of may i may listen to this guy uh somebody text the show okay that's the one we're talking about there i don't know that's somebody else carrying on a side conversation on our text line um, here we go. Unnamed texter says, Mississippi State has a representative in this year's World Series. Congrats to Nathaniel Lowe and his two-run homer helping the Texas Rangers to the ALS pennant. American League Series pennant, yeah. So, headed to the World Series. And he's a neat guy. Um, I, I don't know if it was JUCO, but it seems like, what, wasn't, wasn't he a JUCO transfer in the state's baseball program? He was on that 16-team First baseman, left-handed hitter, batted in three-hole most of the year. Teddy! 
<laughs> He's got a great idea, by the way. Okay, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio and the home studio in Jackson where Beaver is, it is this room. It's like sort of in there, and it's got this one glass window kind of looking in there. And so you can't see him if you walk by. And so Reddy Teddy says that this, that studio should be called the Beaver Exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a really funny thought. I really do. <clears throat> uh, Tyler, Texas show, country please and text line says, I have a feeling the game satisfaction on a low scoring game depends on whether it was good defense or just bad offense. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. That's it. And you really had both in Saturday's game, state and Arkansas, right? Like, you know, both offenses were kind of bad, frankly. Um, State did a few more good things offensively in the game overall, including the one play that was called back. And I was looking at that again today. The touchdown run for Mike Wright that was called back because of an illegal blindside block. And when you go back and watch the play, I mean, like old school football, it was a phenomenal play by Justin Robinson, the wide receiver. He, he goes in and just decleats one guy on the edge, the linebacker or the safety, whatever it was, strong safety, trying to get out there. Decleats him, then turns and blocks a corner. He blocked two on one play, and that's why there was nobody out in the edge. Wright gets to the sideline, just turns it up. He's gone. But it satisfied the rule. I looked that up, too. So here's what it says. College football rule book. Here's what it says. A blindside block is defined as... An open field block, which it was, against an opponent that is initiated from outside the opponent's field of vision. Okay, that, that was that's two things that satisfy. Or otherwise in such a manner that the opponent cannot reasonably defend himself against the block. Okay. So that's how the rule is defined. That's or that's how you know the blindside block is defined. And if that's the case, and that's how they're going to call it, then, yeah, that satisfied it, okay? Because the guy didn't see it coming. It was a crackback block. He did not have time to defend himself. My deal is, like I said yesterday, if you're Justin Robinson, the receiver, here I am lined up, and there's a guy coming from the inside. i got to turn and block him. Well, how do I avoid it being a blindside block? What do I have to do? Is it not hit him? Is it just put a hand on him and not initiate contact? Because if I do that, he's probably going to go over here and maybe make the tackle. I mean, i got to do something. He's my responsibility to block him. So what do I do? I get in front of him, make sure he can see me. I mean, I guess that's it. I guess it's take an angle and don't initiate contact until you're sure you're in front of him. And so it's not like a block in the back or on the side. Make sure that his head is in front. He can see me. Something, I guess. You know, or stand there and just get in his way and put your hands up. I, you know, I don't know what you do. I don't know how they coach that. I, I kind of would like to know to avoid a penalty if you're going to give that blocking assignment to that receiver. You're outside on the numbers. You're going inside and find the first one that shows up. Okay, well, how do you? How do I make sure it's not a blindside block? Jake from Yazoo says, Matt, always a good – was that yesterday? I don't even know what was. It says – what are you talking about here? 
All right, Brad. Te- I'm just moving on. Brad texts the show and says, "Oh, and who would have thought Arkansas and Auburn would be offering conference play in Week Eight? I didn't. Well, here's my thing, Brad. It's not that I knew preseason exactly who would be down at the bottom of the conference standings in the Western Division. You know, either with no conference wins or whatever it is. It's not that I wanted to specifically who it would be." But here's what I kept saying. It's I kept saying, I don't think it'll be state. <laughs> now, we've got a lot of games to play. And, man, this thing can go either direction. And, and some of us are feeling really good about things compared to how we felt a couple of weeks ago just because state managed to win this game against Arkansas. And, look, part of the reason state won the game is because Arkansas played terrible on offense. They couldn't. They hadn't played that bad in a long time on offense, period. And State helped it. It was this combination. When you get a team that plays better on defense and another one plays worse on offense, that's why you only get a field goal. But we got a long way to go. State's an underdog this week at Auburn. You come back home, you host Kentucky, who for several years now everybody loves talking about how great Kentucky is. Well, they're sitting there with two wins in the conference right now. State's sitting there with one. Um, so there's a lot of water that's got to go into the bridge. I guess all that to say this, Brad. No, I wouldn't have guessed that both Auburn and Arkansas would be sitting there 0 for a combined 0 and 9 in the SEC right now. Rooster called in yesterday, and he reminded us that he actually did call in and predict that, but we didn't confirm it. We just took his word for it. But everybody, media, everybody else, just like they have done multiple times over the years, is they jump on a hype train. They don't necessarily look at a lot of things. They jump on a hype train, and people pick state last. And what we're saying is when they pick state last, just based on recent history, the percentage chances of state finishing last in the division are pretty low. <laughs> now, it could still turn around and happen, but I kind of doubt it. So we'll see. This weekend I have a lot to do with you know, shaping that up one way uh, or the other. On the Murray West live thread, speaking of thread, if you need something threaded and sewn onto your shirt, your hat, your golf bag, your backpack, promotional items, custom apparel, contract embroidery company here in Mississippi is Murray West. And no matter where in the state you are, business goes to them in New Albany. They do an excellent job. Ask just about any high school in the state of Mississippi. Look at the other folks they work with on their website. You can find that at murraywest.com. It's M-U-R-R-Y west.com. Robo says uh, there was a block later in the game where the state blocker ran in front of the defensive player and brushed him but did not, yeah, and it kind of you know didn't deplete him. That was on the punt return from Xavier Thomas where he, he went to the far left sideline in front of the Arkansas sideline and then reverse field, right, decided I'm going the other way. Backtrack came all the way back around as he's coming all the way back around the field, crossing the field on that punt return. Uh, uh, Morant, 17 for state, came flying up the field, and he did an excellent job of making sure, just because he had the chance to deplete somebody, he didn't do it because it would be a penalty. And he he went flying in there and turned his back to the guy and threw his hands up as he ran by and just barely got in his way enough to let. Xavion get around the edge, but to avoid a penalty. And, you know, Arkansas fans wanted a penalty, but he didn't commit a penalty. So 
you're right. There was another one, another one kind of like that. Roshana points out on Facebook on the Murray West live thread that George Pickens got a blindside block against the Rams Sunday. Hated that call too. <laughs> you especially hate it when it's your team, right? I know I do. And Chuck commented and said that he enjoyed getting to see Nathaniel Lowe in the minors for the short time that he played for the Montgomery Biscuits. Yeah, because, Chuck, help me out. Is Are the Montgomery Biscuits, same league there as the Mississippi Braves and all, are they still at a Rays affiliate? Tampa Bay Rays affiliate? I know they used to be. And, and maybe that's who Nathaniel Lowe came up with was Tampa. I think that's right. I've been to either one or two Montgomery Biscuits games in my life. And they have a great stadium. It's right downtown. The first base line, first base entrances and concourse side of the stadium is built into the old train station right there. And then you got the field. And then out in left field and, and center field in the outfield, this train goes by. It's actual train track, working train track. And then just on the other side of that is a bluff going straight down into the Alabama River. It's a, it's a beautiful ballpark. It really is. Um, so check it out if you ever get the chance. So, look, we're just getting started with you here on this Tuesday. Lots to get to, text messages and elsewhere. Your phone calls, your comments, all of that coming up. We're just getting underway. And next... What did they say? We'll get into some of that, coaches from their press conferences. And what did Pittman say about firing folks midseason at Arkansas? All that coming up. Stick around. Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Um. All right. What's good? What's good? Uh, Jimmy did comment on the live thread here, the Murray West live thread. He says, I feel a little bad for J.P. France. He was a bulldog pitching for the Astros. That's right. That's right. Yeah, J.P. And J.P. was a guy who, what, transferred to state from, was he southeastern Louisiana or was he Tulane, somewhere like that? You'll have to look that one up. But I know transferred in at some point. But still had a heck of a run, right? Deep into the postseason, take a league series to the seventh game. Yeah. So I hate it for him, but hats off to – yeah, Tulane. Okay, so he transferred in from Tulane. And uh, hats off to Nathaniel Lowe, Chris Stratton. Let's pull for the Rangers. You want to? You want to pull for the Rangers? I will. Uh, Denzel Texas show white Denzel says Riley green is also known as the duck man, big duck hunter guy. Okay. Well now how, how can he be known as the duck man? Cause I, I know all kinds of duck men and there's only one duck dynasty. Now I admire it for two reasons. I just, I just think duck hunting is awesome. Okay. And I'm fascinated by all the fascinated by all the different, Species and types and seasons and methods and all that kind of stuff. I am. But I'm also, I admire anybody who's got the money <laughs> to be an avid duck hunter. 
All right. Sometimes you just got you got to know the right people, right? <laughs> Live in the right place. Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, Texas show, and says, anyone back home asking me, Mississippi or me, is getting their feelings hurt. He says, might not trade 20 of them for a weekend on Bay Springs Lake. <laughs> so you're taking Mississippi, huh? You're going to choose Mississippi. I hear you. Uh, St. Louis Vic, Texas show, and says, afternoon, Matt. Hey, it's officially week eight of ten. Are the Niners, Bills, and several other playoff contenders pushing the panic button? Well, hey, I wouldn't say panic button. Would you? I, I mean, the NFL, it, it, it has some weird things that go on. And, you know, we could take this conversation about the topsy-turvy nature and some of the stuff you see in the NFL several different directions. I mean, on the surface, like I said yesterday, I was a little bit, I just couldn't quite believe it. After watching the Lions play, they were up five and one in the early part of the year, and a really good football team, and they are a good team, especially when healthy. And I like them. Okay, and then they go and they not only lose to the Ravens, they were down thirty-five to nothing going into the fourth quarter. So here's what you never see in the NFL: you almost never. See a really good team, a Super Bowl caliber team, down 35 to nothing to anybody going in the fourth quarter. Okay, so that's that's one thing. But and that's the example of Detroit. All right. Well, what about the 49ers? The 49ers crush the Cowboys on Sunday night football. It was like two te- it was like a high school team playing a junior high team. Crushed them. And then lose two in a row right after that. And Brock Purdy has not looked the same since. And you can't, I don't know how you figure it out. It, but, but I think what you have to consider is the parity in the NFL is even greater than we realize week to week. That's why even, you know, we'll sit here and look at college football and we'll say, hey, the amazing thing about Nick Saban in Alabama is – you know, their longevity and, and continually getting up and never having that slip up and all those championships and all those winning teams and always getting teams ready and always getting them up to play. Never having a setback, never having a major step back. Well, that's one thing in college, but college is recruiting players, okay, and and those top teams are stacking their roster. They're, the parity of rosters, it, it's not even close to what it is in the NFL. In college football, we again – all credit in the world to Nick Saban for con- having all these different teams and all these different quarterbacks and all these different running backs, constant turnover, and all these third-year guys going to the NFL and just replace them immediately and, and continuing to coach them up and never having a major setback and all that kind of stuff. But their roster of NFL-caliber players is unlike most of the teams they've ever played against. They are on one side – of the roster Grand Canyon from the rest of them. Okay, and everybody will cheer and yell, boy, he's done such a phenomenal job. You know what he's done a phenomenal job the most at? Recruiting. Okay, because there's a lot of people that would win with their players. I'm just telling you like it is. Versus the NFL, where every year the best teams 
with the best organization, got it all going for him. The 49ers, the Bills, they are legit Super Bowl contenders. There's no question about it. That's what they are. Week to week, anybody can beat them. Anybody can beat them. There is no Grand Canyon between their roster and the other guys. Their advantage is something else. Maybe one player, maybe two players, maybe healthy, healthy, you know, who's, who is and who isn't. Maybe a coach, maybe a scheme. You just get it all right one year. Schedule home and away helps, all that kind of stuff. But there are no, among the 32 NFL teams, there are no Alabamas versus Vanderbilts. That, you know, that gap exists only in college football. In the NFL, all the rosters are like this. They're all smacked together that similar with a difference of one player or two players, like a quarterback here or there or something like that, right? And you get a, a great one. And so every week, the 49ers can destroy the Cowboys, and if they don't have their act together, they will lose to somebody else. <laughs> the Vikings can start 0-2 or 0-3. What did they start this year? 0-3? And can flip a switch and beat the 49ers at home on Monday night. And here's my thing. I, I like that. I like the fact that not just year to year. Okay, one year the Browns can be the laughing stock of the league. The next year, they can win eight games being the playoffs. <laughs> okay, it happens every year. It's not just year to year. No, it's week to week. I like that. I like turning on the games and going, oh, one team is favored by 10 points. That's a huge line. <laughs> Which it is. In college football, a huge line is 35 points. And all these people screaming at me about how much better college football is as a product than the NFL. How? Based on what? It's not TV ratings. You ain't basing on that. It's not in-stadium attendance on average per stadium. It's not that. What is it? It's certainly not better based on the competitiveness of the majority of the games. And don't scream at me how college football is better than the NFL. It's not. If it was, all those things would reflect that. That's just your opinion because you love pulling for a team that maybe is good right now. You went to school there, and we have, I'm not white. I went to school at State, and so I love State's campus. Whether it, it can even be raining and storming, I still love State's campus. Well, that's me. It's personal. You know, I played there. I called the game. I wanted to win. I love the pageantry. I love State's fight song. But that didn't go for anybody else <laughs> outside of our fan base. They don't love it. They don't love State's campus. And guess what? When State's not any good, not as many people are going to watch the games. Time slots help that. But what I'm saying is, the, the point is this. You start off by going, okay, the Niners have lost two in a row. The Bills just get beat by the hapless Patriots. Are they hitting the panic button? Of course not. Why? Because it's the NFL. Those people almost expect that stuff to happen at some point in the year. It'll happen again. And, you, I, you know, the Cowboys may not be the best example, obviously, but let's use them as an example. Every year, there's a team like the Cowboys. Maybe it's the Dolphins this year. I don't know. 
that somewhere about this time of year, they lose a game and everybody goes, see, I told you they were just pretenders. Ah, oh, they look good the first couple of weeks, but now they are. They got no chance. Cowboys got no shot at the NFL. They said they got blown out by the 49ers. The Dolphins have no chance. You said they get blown out by the Eagles. Hey, every year there's a team like that. We say that about them about this time of year, and you look up, and they're one win away from the Super Bowl. Because that's what you get in the NFL. It's only 32 teams, and it's a business, and they're operated by owners. They make the best decision for everybody. That's why they have a draft, why they have a cap, all that kind of stuff. Okay? I get it. They can manage that. But it is better. The majority of the games are closer. The majority of the games are tighter. Therefore, they are more interesting, especially to their fan bases. Therefore, they sell tickets to a majority of the seats in their stadium way more often than the average in college football. They have more people watching their games hand over fist than the biggest ratings in college football. So when these media people get on here and start screaming, I love college football too, but don't compare it to the NFL. It doesn't compare. All right. Not hitting the panic button yet. All right. <laughs> back to the aforementioned college football. When we come back, stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. Here we go. Jimmy is in the helicopter. <laughs> On the Murray West live thread. He's in the helicopter. Jimmy said, of course the games are tighter in the NFL. The NFL is full of influenced outcomes. You hear that? There's a helicopter flying over. All those black helicopters. Larry commented, similarly on the Murray West live thread. He's on YouTube. says, the NFL is set up so that, um, I said similar, so that all the teams are even. Same number of players, same payroll. Salary cap. Even the schedule is set up for the last place teams to have an easier path the next season. Last place teams get the top draft picks. Why do they do that? It's very okay. This is gonna it's gonna rub some people the wrong way. Okay, but listen. It's very socialistic of a setup in the NFL, and it's very capitalistic of a setup in college football. It just is. In the NFL, there's a cap on what you can spend. Uh, there's a total on what you can spend. There's a cap on players, number of players, right? Transactions. You can only make transactions a certain time of year. Uh, everybody's the same in that regard. And, oh, by the way, worst teams get an easier schedule the next year. The worst teams get the top picks the next year so that we can continue to balance this thing out year to year so that 
all 32 markets are incredibly protected from a revenue standpoint. Revenue and revenue follows interest. Interest follows passion. Success follows passion. And they 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 keep bringing that up. They keep that propped up in the NFL because they are owners and they are running a business. Okay, and and college football is totally different. It's very capitalistic. Whoever's got the most money can spend every dime of it if they want to. Whoever wants to break a rule can break every rule they want to. It's just very different. JS290 said monopolistic. Well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that too. What's up? Will comments on the he's in on the Murray West live thread. Gave us a hail state and a happy Tuesday. Back at you. Thanks for commenting. So if you're on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, type it in, submit it, pops up here on the screen. We can be a part of the show. Uh, Chris said on Facebook, if we, I think he means Mississippi State, find a way to finish six and six, and that only means beating Southern Miss and Ole Miss, I would take it. You'd take it right now, wouldn't you? And a short little trip over to the Birmingham Bowl and just move on to next year. Hey. <laughs> I'd be all for it. Me too. Where was our bowl game last year? I can't even remember. Tampa? Was Tampa last year? Yeah. That's what it was. It started on a run together. <laughs> now, how spoiled do I sound? I don't want to go to Tampa. <laughs> I want to go somewhere closer. <laughs> I'm so spoiled. Oh, <clears throat> Beer Slayer with an excellent question regarding this upcoming Mississippi State-Auburn game. Let's get into it. Y'all like X's and O's a little bit every now and then? Beer Slayer says, Matt, what do you think, or, or do you think Auburn will put eight in the box, making us throw the ball? Uh, Beer Slayer, yes. Yes, I do. Now, some of that, how much they do and don't, when you watch the game, Beer Slayer, make a note and like have yourself a reminder to look at this note during the game so that you'll remember it as the game's getting started. But pay attention. And if you see that, a lot of eight in the box early and, and man-to-man coverage, you're going to put eight in the box, you're going to play a lot of man-to-man coverage, including some zero with no safety help and putting guys on island. Well, if you do see that, what it tells you is that the Auburn staff will have watched the film of State's offense, offensive personnel. And even though State hadn't been consistent on offense and at times has been poor on offense, it still will mean that they will have watched the tape of State's personnel and will have decided they have the players on their side on defense capable of covering them in man-to-man. Right? But when I say that, when I say like straight-up man a good bit, close to line scrimmage, bump man, sometimes zero man where you have no safety help and that sort of thing. But if you see sort of tricks and variations of getting people in the box to play State's run, there is no question Auburn will want to defend State's running game because State is going to do what? Run it. They don't want to throw it unless they have to. Just enough to keep you honest. Especially, you know, it's Mike Wright as your quarterback. Well, Auburn's going to know that. So they're going to want to get people at the line of scrimmage and involved in a box. And, you know, formations on offense will dictate how much. Like if you go four wides, it's hard to put eight in a box, right? It's hard to do it without just going zero coverage. So that won't happen a lot. But if you look closely, 
if they're running people in there late, if they're putting people at the line and then and then rotating it, drop at the snap, and they come from the other side, from the next level, and trying to kind of run tricks to get people involved in a box while still having sort of a, a softness and to their coverage or cushion to their coverage even when they're a man, that will be a sign that a team like Auburn watched the film of State's offensive personnel, and they don't want to spend a lot of time in straight-up one-on-one zero-man coverage. That'll tell you what what I'm saying is how Auburn approaches it defensively will tell you a lot about how they feel about their own personnel. Take it one step further, and, and I'll give you an illustration. Remember what South Carolina did to Tulu Griffin? We're going to play the run. We're selling out. You went into that game, Woody Marks was the leading rusher in the SEC. They, South Carolina played the run, gave up like 30 yards rushing, but what happened? Tulu's gone. Tulu's gone. Up top all day. Others got open late, just didn't catch the ball. So it was a risk. It kind of paid off for them, right? If Auburn feels like they can't afford to run one-on-one with Tulu very often in the game, they can't afford to run one-on-one with Xavion a lot during the game. They can't afford to run one-on-one with Justin Robinson a lot during the game. Then they will do less of the obvious loading the box, playing man coverage, and will have to disguise it a little more often and have to be a little more careful and, and force State to score with longer drives and they don't want to give up those short drives, right? Does that make sense? So that's the way I look at it a lot of times is when the game's getting started – you only need to see a series or two before it starts really giving you clues as to what they think about their own players, you know, in relation to yours. See, I like State's receivers. You know, if we were to just break it down in the most elementary way, think about it like this. Pick a DB off some of these teams you play. Pick one. It could be a corner. It could be a slot corner. And say to yourself, Okay, we're going to go out here, and I'm going to have Tulu Griffin line up, and we're running one-on-one pass routes like at practice. Okay, pick a DB on these different teams that you feel like in straight-up one-on-one against Tulu running whatever route he wants to run can cover him consistently. Okay, there are some. Obviously, some teams have them, right? The Alabamas and the LSUs, they they have them. So when it comes to one-on-one, though, there aren't just a whole ton of guys out there who you would handpick and say, okay, you play man-to-man against Tulu and cover him and be confident they could do it very consistently. There are not many. And I got news for you. Even though he has not gotten the ball a lot, they had not gotten him involved a ton. They need to get him involved more. Xavion's a little bit the same way. That's two dudes now. I'm just telling you. I know that they hadn't had many opportunities to take over a game. Xavion hadn't gotten the ball a ton, okay? But I'm just telling you, that's two dudes right there, especially in a one-on-one man-to-man type deal where he knows where he's going and you don't. And the thing about Justin Robinson, he's not nearly as big, tall, I mean, as, uh, as quick and shifty, but he's big and tall. You saw what he did when he threw up a prayer out of the end zone the other day. You elevate the ball, there's always a chance he's going over somebody and he'll moss them and catch it. He has great ability to sign with Georgia out of high school. Again, certain personnel matchups really favor him if you can get those. Now, the whole thing with receivers getting the ball downfield 
it's contingent upon what? Quarterback getting it to him. <laughs> On time, in the right place, catchable. Well, I mean, all that stuff's toss-up stuff. But to your question, Beer Slayer, I think that's a big part of this game. I actually like state's receivers against their personnel. I do. So then it's a matter of if you're Kevin Barbet, when you watch the Auburn film, how do you get the ball to those guys in the places you want to get it to them? How do you get it to them as often as you'd like to get it to them? I mean, that's the real question. And as far as how Auburn's going to do, are they going to put eight in the box? Well, I guarantee they're going to try to. The deal is, if they're real confident in their man-to-man run with them ability, they'll line them up in there more. But if they're not, they may have to try to trick you some. Where it doesn't look like they're coming, but they are. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Hour two of the show coming up right after this. I promise you we'll hear what those coaches said. I promise. That's coming up. Hour two in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. 